for the first down and still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grab, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And the handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! And welcome in to the Blitz podcast. Uh, if you're listening right now, you did not have the opportunity to hear uh, Jaden's great lead-up uh, countdown to this episode, uh, but it got me hyped for another episode of our power rankings that we're doing uh, leading up to the season, uh, and we got, I always say this, but if you're reading the title of the episode right now, uh, you know that we're going to be running down the New England Patriots today, and I'm pulling up the Canva because I can't remember where they ranked. 23rd. Okay. We got the 23rd team on the docket today. Thank you very much, you know. Uh, but, yeah, it should be a fun one. Uh, we looking forward to it, man. How we feeling? Yeah, feeling pretty good. This was one of the more difficult ones that I had to put together just because the Patriots, like, obviously we know the level of consistency that they're going to have on a year-to-year basis, but it's not like a lot of these other teams like Carolina. Like, when I was doing the, the unit analysis and the breakout candidates for New England, it was a lot <clears throat> easier uh to do that just because they've got a lot of young guys and you know you know who their stars are whereas new england like a lot of their guys are so underrated but they play well because they play for new england so it's you know hard to talk about them but definitely an interesting team for this year because you know we're going to keep underrating this team every year until they you know finally prove us wrong but i don't know if that's going to happen with bill belichick at the helm yeah for sure there's always that floor uh, as long as you got the uh, the best coach of all time uh, we had a conversation a few episodes back about uh, getting in a fight with Bill Belichick. Wouldn't want to do that. And uh, if that's the kind of guy we're talking about, I want him as the head coach. So, yeah. All right. Let's dive into it without further ado. And we're going to start off with the quarterback position. And we got a former first-round pick who shined in his rookie year. And then last year, he was... I mean, I don't even know how to explain last year. Like, it was almost like they were upset with him, like, personally. And then they put in Bailey Zappi just to show him, like, hey, we can start somebody else. You are not the only quarterback. Uh, But we are talking about Mac Jones, uh, former quarterback for the Alabama Crimson Tide, uh, turned NFL quarterback. Like I said, he had a pretty good rookie year. Uh, And then this past season, it was not more of the same. Uh, there was a lot of speculation that Bailey Zappi might be the starter like going forward into the future. Uh, that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. It seems like they're committed to Mac Jones at least for this year. Uh, but, I mean, I don't even really know what to say about this situation. Like, Do you think Mac Jones is a legitimate starting quarterback in the National Football League? Do you think Bailey Zappi gets another shot this year? Like, What's the deal? I definitely think Mac Jones is a starting level quarterback in the NFL. It's just a matter of how good he is like <clears throat> among starting quarterbacks in the NFL. I think he's probably towards the bottom. We have them at 25th, which I think that, you know, obviously we do these consensus, but I think that's a perfect ranking. I think that's right around where I had him. He's fine. He's going to 
play point guard for you. He's going to get the ball to playmakers. The only problem is they don't have a whole lot of playmakers here in New England. So it's not like a Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco situation where all he's got to do is get the ball out to these guys and they're going to make plays after the catch and stuff like that. He's got to kind of create for himself, and that's not really what he's the best at. We saw that last year, especially without the help of uh, a real play caller where the offense was kind of – not dumbed down for Mac Jones, but they made it increasingly more complex last year with Matt Patricia as the play caller for them. And he just, he quite frankly couldn't handle it. A lot of the concepts just weren't working. I like there were multiple times where they would put the camera on him and he's on the sideline saying like, this is fucking stupid or something along those lines about the offense, the play calling and stuff like that. And ultimately he does end up getting benched for Bailey Zappi. And I think that was a little forced. I think that was a, Hey, you know, we don't do this here kind of situation where he gets sat on the bench. He's, he's put in timeout for lack of a better word. And yeah, eventually he earns that starting job back because the Bailey Zappi magic runs out. But um, I think he'll be the starting quarterback this season for, you know, outside of injury purposes. Now past that is the question because they have a specified window of how long Bill Belichick's going to be coaching. And you know that it's not going to be that much longer and I think they want to capitalize on that. That's why uh, there was a thing floating around the other day that Aaron Rodgers had a, there was a trade package for Aaron Rodgers to go to New England. Aaron Rodgers turned it down. Um, but that Saw just that. shows that they were willing to part with Mac Jones or, you know, move on from Mac Jones at the quarterback position if it meant competing now. So I think Mac Jones is on a very short leash even after, you know, this guy was a pro bowler in his rookie season through 21 touchdowns. If Jamar Chase didn't have the type of season that he did, probably is the rookie of the year in most seasons. And it just wasn't quite there for him this past season. And I think he's going to need to get back to that rookie level of play for him or his rookie season level of play for him to hold his job going into next year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the profile of Mac Jones is pretty clear. I mean, he's a pocket passer. He's not very mobile. Uh, he has a hell of an arm, uh, one that Kyle Shanahan was enamored by, and he seems to be upset that he didn't get in the draft. Uh, but, you know, like like you said, he's a game manager. I mean, we've seen this kind of QB in New England for a very long time. Like, he's going to make the very game manager type plays. Like, he's just like not very many deep passes past the 15. Like, it's that's what we're going to be looking at in New England this year. And Mac Jones made it work in year one. Like you said, he made a Pro Bowl. So we'll see if he can replicate that same success in year three. Uh, but let's move on to the playmakers section for the 2023 New England Patriots. And we start off with the wide receiver core, which started, I mean, for a while it was pretty terrible. Uh, but they've made over the past few years uh, some attempts. Uh, to try to add some name value to this wide receiver core. Uh, they did lose Jacoby Myers. Uh, we talked about him in the Raiders episode. Uh, but they did just give Devontae Parker an extension, uh, three years. Uh, they're saying that's kind of, I mean, we've talked a lot about that phantom three-year contract, and it seems like this is another one of those. Uh, but Devontae Parker, I mean, he was always kind of like what could have been. And now the Patriots are still playing that game, and I'm pretty sure he's 30 years old, if not very close. Uh, so we'll see how that works out for New England. Uh, but they still got Kendrick Bourne there, and their big free agency signing, uh, as far as wide receivers goes, is Juju Smith-Schuster. Gave him a one-year deal uh, after playing in Kansas City last year. 
Um, we'll see if he can get back to that form that we saw when he was running alongside uh, Antonio Brown and went for, I mean, wasn't it like seven, almost 1,700 yards? Like, it was insane amount of yardage for Juju Smith. And he hasn't really been able to get back to that same type of form. And uh, we thought we might see it in Kansas City, and we didn't. <clears throat> but there's so many heads, there's so many mouths to feed in Kansas City, so he should get him more of an opportunity in New England. Uh, and then they still got uh, good old Hunter Henry, but they brought in Mike Jacecki to compete with him. And overall, I think Jacecki clearly wins his tight end job. And then in the backfield, Ramondre Stevenson, after coming off a great year last year, looks to be the bell cow in this system after they lost Damian Harris to Buffalo. So definitely some changes along these playmakers. But who are you excited to talk about, man? Um, really, among this group, the guy that I'm most excited to talk about is Ramondre Stevenson. I think he's a phenomenal player. Uh, was like kind of in the doghouse for them. Uh, I believe it was two seasons ago, if not early last season, um, where I think he was fumbling a little bit and Bill Belichick didn't really trust him and he eventually wins his trust. I think Damien Harris missed some time last year as well, so that allowed Ramondre to really take the reins on that starting job and he made the most of it. This was a guy who was playing as one of the best running backs in the NFL last season, was a legit fantasy or was a legit fantasy commodity last year, was uh, RB7 in PPR and is really the only thing that I can get excited about among this group of playmakers. If we look at the tight end position, Hunter Henry and Mike Jacecki has to be the most mid pair of tight ends in the NFL playing on the same team. Is it though? Is it though? I don't think that Hunter that's Henry, the case. All, maybe the man. two of them together, but if they were both on their same team, the, they were both on different teams, they would be number 16 and 17 in tight ends in the NFL. I feel that is that may be I don't think that you can name 16 to 17 tight ends better than Mike Jacecki personally I don't know we'll see I, I don't I think, think we want to play that game the, uh, no because it's not very that. fun trying yeah. to name 15 tight ends no, in the league in general not. but uh yeah. um I just I don't think there's gonna be much opportunity here for either of them because both of them are here you know maybe if they were both on their own teams maybe we'd see a little bit more from them obviously we saw what Mike Jacecki was in Miami but he got significantly phased out last year by the Mike McDaniels offense coming in. And that's why the Patriots were able to get him for what I believe was a seventh round pick. Um, so you, know, you can get a guy like that, that we've seen at various points in his career can be a good tight end for you for seventh round pick. That's a good value. Uh, you look at the wide receiver room. There's really not a whole lot to be excited about. That's why this group does rank 29th in the NFL. Devonte Parker, like you said, it was kind of a what could have been with him. He looked great in Miami. I believe he was the first wide receiver selected in his class. Something tells me that for some reason. Um, played for Louisville. Yeah, played for Louisville um, with Teddy Bridgewater, if I'm not mistaken, as well. But plays mm-hmm. in division. They mm-hmm. trade for him last year. I believe they traded like a third-round pick for Devontae Parker, which looks really bad now. Because, like, remember Amari Cooper got traded for a fifth-round pick last offseason. That happened. Or two off Then they doubled down and gave him an extension. Yeah, that's fair. So why but not? they give Devontae <laughs> Parker the same contract uh, as far as terms and money goes uh, as Juju Smith-Schuster. They both get three-year, $33 million deals. Devontae Parker's is an extension. Juju's is okay. a uh, free agent acquisition, obviously. He's going to be the one here, and I think that's an interesting role for him because he was slated to be the one last year, but he's the number one wide receiver versus the number one target. 
Travis Kelsey, obviously the number one target in Kansas City, but guys like Kadarius Tony emerged. MVS had his games as well. So Juju, plus I think he missed a couple games due to injury. So it was a little difficult for him to really take the reins on a number one wide receiver role. And he might be able to get that this year. The only reason why I'm not as excited for Juju Smith-Schuster for this year is because he brings a lot to the table of what Jacoby Myers was bringing to the table for them last year. They're both going to play in that same slot role. They both got valued pretty much the exact same in the market, whereas I think Jacoby Myers got something around that money over that amount of time in uh, Vegas. So not a humongous upgrade. It's going to be a lot of the same. It's just Juju's a little bit more of a name than Jacoby Myers is at this point in his career. Uh, Kendrick Bourne is not going to be too exciting for you. You still have second-round pick from last year, Tyquan Thornton, on the team. He's going to be your deep threat burner. Um, I would like to see a little bit more of him this year. I thought that that was a weird pick. That was not a traditional New England pick of, like, pick the fastest guy on the board and just roll with it. Um, but another guy that I'm excited, and I do have him as our breakout candidate, is Kayshawn Boutte. This was a guy who, you know, we're talking this time last year, was supposed to be the number one wide receiver taken in this class. And kind of similar to the way that Derek Stingley did at Alabama it looked like it was an or at LSU it was an effort issue on a week in week out basis this past season like it just didn't look like he was into it but it's coming uh, off a big injury too yeah and yeah. yeah he did have the injury as well but when we saw him and he was engaged he did look like one of the best receivers in this class he looked like he's got that true x receiver skill set that teams covet and Quite frankly, the Patriots need to be coveting because they haven't had that guy. You know, initially I had uh, in the write-up, and it could be the ex receiver that the Patriots haven't had since Randy Moss, which may have been a little aggressive. I backpedaled a little bit to Brandon Cooks, but <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's, it's a little bit backpedal a little back, bit backpedaled just Cooks. just by a few all-time rankings Randy from Randy Moss. Moss to Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks, okay, just right. a, just a few. Sure all-time wide receiver spots down to Brandon Cooks. Um, but if if they can get him to work out, that would be great. There are some reports uh, from camp that he may not make the team, which would kind of surprise me considering the talent on this wide receiver room at this moment. He's, I mean, hell, you could go as far as to say he might be the most physically talented wide receiver on this team right now, and they might just let him go after wasting a draft pick on him. I don't really see that happening, but... We'll see. All in all, again, not a whole lot to be excited about here is why we got them ranked 29th. Yeah. Uh, last thing I'll say about just to kind of continue, you know, um, Boutte. Uh, I think yeah, a lot of people, I mean, I think it's Booty. I don't know, which obviously is pretty fucking sick. I think it's Boutte. I think from what I've heard, it's Boutte. Or that's just the people who don't feel comfortable saying booty. Which is me, so. Could be that. <laughs> okay. Uh, but when it comes to Kayshawn, uh, that's we'll just, we'll call him that. Uh, but when it comes to Kayshawn, uh, I saw him play when he played against Kentucky uh, in person. And he, like, there's guys that you could see, like, I saw A-Chain play too. Like, there's guys that you just see on the field and you know that they're going to be NFL players. Like, it's just, like, they've got that, like, radiancy coming off of him. And he basically fucking cooked us, you know. So, I will say that if he does, in fact, have an effort problem and, like, a motivation problem, like they've been talking about, because I've seen the same reports, New England is not the best place for that. <laughs> that is probably the last place you want to be. 
uh, if you've got an attitude problem, uh, because they run that operation like a military operation. So not the best landing spot, but like you said, I dig the talent. I think it's similar to George Pickens. Uh, when he came out last year, he just Pickens was a second round pick and uh, Kayshawn dropped down to the sixth, I believe, uh, if not the seventh. Um, but yeah, I do like the talent, so we'll see if he can make a roster spot. All right, but let's dive into a somewhat impressive uh, unit for the Patriots as we move on to the offensive line. Uh, we've got them ranked 17th in the league uh, among 32 teams, uh, and rightfully so, man. I mean, they've got one of the better interior lines uh, in the league as of late. Uh, they got Andrews at center. Um, he's been consistently one of the better centers in the league the past few seasons. Uh, they got Trent Brown on the edge, uh, so you love that. Uh, Cole Strange uh, still on the inside, um, first-round pick from last year. A lot of speculation there, uh, but it seems like he's starting to turn out for sure. Uh, but who are you excited to talk about on this unit? It's definitely this interior, uh, just those three guys that they've got. Michael Mwenu was a sixth-round pick in 2020, has turned out to be one of the better guards in the NFL. After they let Shaq Mason go for a fifth-round pick, I can't imagine they expected Mwenu to be this good, um, but it's ended up panning out for them. David Andrews has been one of the better centers in the league for pretty much his entire tenure here in New England, and then they drafted Cole Strange in the first round of last year's draft. was a shock to many. I remember like the viral video going around of Sean McVay, who didn't have a pick until the third round, was like, oh, he was on our board. And, uh, but they end up getting him in, I wouldn't say that he returned first round pick value, but was better than a lot of people thought, you know, a lot of people kind of thought that he'd be terrible because of how far they reached for him. Uh, wasn't bad last year. If he can make some strides in the run game, they can really become one of the two or three best interiors in the NFL from the two guards in the center. Uh, and then you also have Trent Brown here. Who's it on his second or maybe even third stint here in new England um, has been around everywhere. He's your average middle of the road tackle, maybe a little bit better than that. And then Riley reef is your average tackle. He's the definition of a band aid. If you need to get through one week, one year, you don't have any options. You go get Riley reef. The Bengals did that last year or two years ago. And Minnesota had him for a while. Um, so this is a solid unit. You know, we have them right in the middle at 17th. And I would not be surprised, especially if Cole Strange is able to make some strides forward if they're able to jump that ranking. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as you mentioned, uh, Trent Brown, I mean, he's a journeyman of tackles, uh, among other tackles in the league. Uh, but I would say he's better than average. Um, he's definitely a name that people can recognize, uh, like myself. Uh, so love that. And Andrews, um, as we mentioned, is going to be a staple of that line uh, going forward in the future. Uh, so got to love that. And this line needs to be pretty good uh, if Ramondre Stevenson is going to be successful this year, if Mac Jones is going to have enough time in the pocket to make decisions. Uh, this line's really going to have to uh, hold their own. And I think they'll be able to do it this year. So let's move on from the offensive line and dive into this New England defense. And we start on the front seven. And you start with no other than basically he's been arguably the face of the franchise uh, since Brady left, which is shocking. Uh, but Matthew Judon um, has really come to his own in New England. Um, he was he was good prior to New England, but he's really become 
almost like superstar level in uh, New England. Uh, gotta love the red sleeves that he rocks. Uh, but going around the rest of the unit, uh, honestly, they got Christian Barmore uh, at the defensive tackle still. Uh, he was a high-value pick uh, just last year. Uh, Godshow, also defensive tackle. Um, but, I mean, a decently a decent front seven led by Matthew Judon. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, this is our this is our highest ranked front seven to date, and I think a lot of that is helped by the coaching that they're going to get here. Bill Belichick obviously is one of the best defensive head coaches, if not the best defensive head coach ever. He schemes up pressure, you know, just as good as anybody in the league, and he has an ace in Matthew Judon, who, when he's playing at the top of his game, is one of the best edge rushers in the league. I believe he was leading the league in sacks last year for a significant amount of time. Um, then they also have Josh Uche on the other side, who I have as a breakout candidate. He really broke out last year, but if he can take another step, can be one of the better edge rushers in the league. He had a 83 uh, grade last year, which is 14th in the NFL, uh, and was really good on the other side of Matthew Judon. They still have Christian Barmore, who you mentioned. Uh, I really, really liked Christian Barmore coming out of Alabama in 2021. I thought he should have been a first-round pick for sure. Uh, ends up slipping to them in the second round, which is phenomenal value uh, for them. They have Jawan Bentley, who was also phenomenal for them last year, took a big step up in his own right. Um, and they, like I said, they've just got guys in here. Don't want to forget Keon White, who they picked in the second round, is a you know tools freak. Um, could be a guy for them moving forward, especially with Dietrich Wise. I believe he's going to be turning 28 this season and if Keon White can come in and start for them that would be fantastic I just think he might still be a year or two away from being able to play consistent snaps in the NFL but overall like like I said this is our highest rated group so far and like I said in the write-up they're going to get the edge over teams you know with similar talent because they have Bill and because they have that coaching staff that's going to continue to raise them up yeah, exactly. I mean, this it got overshadowed by Brady uh, just carrying the offense every year that he was there. Uh, but really, the main reason that this New England team has always been so successful under Belichick is the defense. And people don't really want to talk about that. And that's really began to begun to shine through uh, as we move post Brady era. And we've seen it the past couple years out of New England. Uh, so, yeah, this defense is consistent, and Matthew Judon should have another great year off the edge. But let's move on. Let's dive into this uh, secondary, which we also have ranked decently high uh, at 18. Um, but we start with the rookie who they drafted in the first round, and that is cornerback Christian Gonzalez, who looks to follow in the footsteps of the great cornerbacks in New England that came before him. Uh like Stephon Gilmore, uh, but we'll see how that shapes out. Uh, Jonathan Jones, they also still got there. Uh, Adrian Phillips um, and Kyle Duggar as the safety duo, uh, but this secondary will hold up. As we said, it's a Bill Belichick run defense, um, but what do you see out of Christian Gonzalez this year, and is there any other guys that maybe could have a breakout season this year? Yeah, I think this is one of the more interesting groups in the NFL, to be honest with you. There's a lot of youth here. You know, even hidden further down those depth chart is Jack Jones, who had a great rookie season last year as a fifth round pick. Um, I believe he finished. He had something crazy like a 96 PFF grade in that game against the Packers, which is like very, very rare. Um, 
They've yeah. like you mentioned, they have Christian Gonzalez here. He slips a little bit. A lot of people thought he was going to be a top ten pick. Falls all the way down to sixteen, and even better for New England because they trade back or seventeen. They trade back with Pittsburgh, and they still get the guy that they wanted. They very well could have taken him at fourteen. Nobody would have batted an eye. Um, they get him there. Uh, I heard that it may have been some character concerns. Um, he was also. This was his first year at Oregon. He had been at Colorado, and a lot of his hype came from his ball production this year. Didn't really have a whole lot of that at Colorado, so teams may have been like a little uneasy about the flukiness of what could have happened there. But still, he is an athletic freak. He's tall, he's lanky, he's got long arms, and could be the number one corner for them moving forward. They still have Jonathan Jones here, who when he's healthy is an above average corner for you. And then Marcus Jones, who's a player that I like a lot just because of the versatility. He played at slot corner, outside corner, kick returner, punt returner, and wide receiver last season, was the only defensive player in the NFL to record a 90-plus receiving grade. Um, yeah, and won, won them a game. <laughs> Single-handedly won them a game uh, against the Jets in a 3-3 to tie in which he returned a punt with 20 seconds left. And... You know that's it's pretty valuable if you have a guy that could do that. And again, he's he's only five eight, so he's bringing a lot to the table at that size. He's almost a perfect athlete, aside from the fact that he's five eight. So a player that I really like. They also have four safeties here that would start for seventy five percent of the teams in the NFL. You got Adrian Phillips and Kyle Duggar. Kyle Duggar's more so playing in the box and like that Jamal Adams type role. Um, but you also have Jabril Peppers, who his backup and is going to be doing the same thing. And you've also got Jalen Mills here, who came over from Philadelphia a few years ago. Another solid player as well. Um, wow. I forgot about that, man. Holy shit. Jabril Peppers and uh, Jalen could be starting for like yeah, they, they would be any other team, teams. basically. And it's because they use so many safeties um, on it. And just also think that lat, this time last year, they had Devin McCourty in this group as well. So. This is a extremely deep safety room that you know they need. They use all these guys. It's not like they're just rotting away on this team. They use four safeties, maybe not okay. all on the field at the same time, but Jabril Peppers and Kyle Duggar do a lot of the same thing. Jalen Mills, Adrian Phillips do a lot of the same thing. But they're they run a lot of three safety sets on the field. Um, but eighteen, like I think I had them somewhere around there. But I would not be surprised if this finishes the season as a top ten unit because there's some guy that didn't even make the graphic that'll probably end up playing legit snaps for them and playing well because that's just what they do uh you know noted you know jack jones jc jackson was an undrafted player jonathan jones i'm pretty sure was a middle round pick and they've still got him starting here so marcus jones was a late round pick and they've got him yeah playing here. if you're keeping track of how many joneses i think it's, it's three yeah it's i think don't forget the quarterback as well they have oh yeah and i'm pretty okay. i don't know how this would work but wouldn't they technically have to have it to the point where it just says Mac Jones on the back of the jersey because M-A-R, they couldn't do M-A Jones because they've got Mac Jones and Marcus Jones. I feel like they should have to do Mac Jones on the back of the jersey, which I think would be, unless they do like McCoy. I feel like the Jones, I feel like Mac will have just Jones because he's the quarterback. Fair. And then everybody else is just going to have to fight it out. Fair. But Jonathan Jones is the bet. So I imagine that he has like something clean, like Jay Jones, super clean. But I don't know. I don't know how they. I had to that put out, like but... I had to put Joe Jones and Jad Jones because they've just they got so many guys here. It's it's pretty rough to. Yeah. They they've got the Jones guys. I don't know who they're going to be getting next year, but you got to imagine his last name's going to be Jones. But 
just last yeah. thing on this, I would not be surprised if this finishes as a top 10 unit, just with all the potential that they have here and all the talent that they have, plus the coaching. This is a very, very talented group. Yeah, for sure. I mean, since you mentioned the safeties, like I, that completely like escaped my mind. I mean, they have four starting safeties that they're going to like if they can play them consistently, like you've been talking about, they run a lot of three safety sets. Like if they can get them all four of those guys consistently on the field, uh, like complemented by the rest of the defense and Bill Belichick, uh, this could be a really nasty unit and could be a top five defense when it's all said and done. Uh, but let's dive into it and let's dive into the reason why we've got some rankings higher than maybe they should be. And that's because they have the best coach of all time. And that is Bill Belichick uh, coming back to coach in New England this year. Um, it's not quite the Brady years. <laughs> uh, that's for sure. Um, but this team, like we were talking about before, only has so much of a floor that they can go to uh, with Bill Belichick. So got to look forward to it. Um, how many years do you think we can see left of Bill Belichick and how effective do you think him and his coaching staff will be this year? Well, I think as long as he's on the sideline, he's going to be effective. It's just a matter of how much longer does – because it's not like he's right. got a Caleb Williams or – it's not like they were able to go up and get like Trevor Lawrence in one of those drafts. He's got Mac Jones here who it doesn't really feel like he particularly likes. And he's probably not super tethered to the idea of having, you know, waiting for Mac Jones or drafting another rookie quarterback, waiting for him to get ready, rebuilding this roster two or three more times to get it ready for a Super Bowl run. And I think that's why they wanted Aaron Rodgers because they know that Aaron Rodgers probably only got about two years left. They could play two more years of being in Super Bowl contention with this defense, with this offensive line. And then when Aaron Rodgers retired, I'd imagine Bill Belichick would have retired as well. But obviously that doesn't happen. Aaron Rodgers joins their division. And now we're here with Mac Jones. But regardless, this is uh, our highest rated group of that we've seen in, of any kind so far. Uh, we have the Patriots coaching staff at three. I believe that's going to be the only group that's going to be in the top three for a little bit. Um, and they deserve it. I mean, obviously Bill Belichick is one of the, probably the greatest coach of all time. You can have your arguments about the guys, you know, George Hallis and Chuck Knoll or, you know, whatever you want to do, but he's got six rings. Not nobody else has six rings. Um, and the rest of this coaching staff is also pretty good. We remember a lot of people seem to remember Bill O'Brien as of how terrible he was as a GM he was a fantastic coach. There's a reason why he was able to be put mm -hmm. in that GM chair is because of how great of a coach he was for Houston, was a fantastic play caller for New England for many years, and then did the same in Houston, and then even did the same at Alabama, uh, Alabama after yep. he mm -hmm. got fired in Houston. And now he's back here in New England. I think that means a lot for Mac Jones' success. It means a lot for the Patriots' success because it was Matt Patricia, who was a defensive coordinator, calling the plays on offense for them last year. And I think that can... That is one of the main reasons why there was so much dysfunction on offense and why Mac Jones struggled and why all these guys struggled is because the play calling just wasn't there. Now it's there with Bill O'Brien, uh, and it's a familiarity with this system. It's going to be the same system that they run for all those years with Brady. Um, defensively, they don't really have a defensive coordinator. Um, they have Steve Belichick, who's Bill Belichick's son. And they also have you know a myriad of different coaches. They've also got Gerard Mayo on this staff, who denied an interview to go 
be the head coach for Carolina. And he was just a, I believe he's just the linebackers coach here in New England and didn't even take the head coaching candidacy in Carolina. Also, I believe was up for the Browns defensive coordinator job. It was somebody's defensive coordinator job. He denied that interview as well. So clearly he likes his job here. I kind of thought that the reason why he turned that down was because he was going to become the defensive coordinator here. Maybe they name a defensive coordinator later on. We saw last year they waited until the last second to name an offensive coordinator. So who knows as far as that goes, but pretty much regardless, it doesn't matter because Bill Belichick's here. Bill Belichick's going to be handling the defense for the most part. Um, and they're going to be one of the most well-run teams in the NFL. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Bill Belichick, I couldn't stop talking about him, but I forgot to mention Bill O'Brien. Like, Bill O'Brien calling the plays this year is going to be huge for this offense. Um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, him and uh, Mac Jones worked together at Alabama. I think so. I think he may have missed him by a year, but Bill O'Brien's familiarity with what happens at Alabama now well, I think will help him, you know, connect with Mac Jones, work on the scheme and stuff because he saw what they were running at Alabama. Now he gets to maybe implement some of those same concepts here in New England. Yeah, for sure. And Bill Bryan, like you said, um, not the best GM, uh, probably maybe one of the worst GMs of all time, uh, making that trade for D or trading away D Hop. Uh, but his coaching ability is, um, I would say, bar none. Uh, but he is will be a great offensive coordinator option for this team and could be a head coach again in this league. So, got to love that. But, all right, let's move on from the coaching and dive into the schedule. And they've got a tough one, man. Uh, strength schedule is fourth in the league, uh, which is insane. Uh, the Vegas over-under is still seven and a half wins. So, there is some optimism there. And as we were talking about, there's only so bad that this team can get under a Bill Belichick run team. So what are we thinking here, man? What are we thinking? It's, it's tough. And like I said, you know, there are two reasons why with the fourth ranked schedule, the worst quarterback in your division, the worst group of playmakers in the division, and maybe one of the worst in the league, you still have a win total of seven and a half wins and it's Bill Belichick in the Patriot way. And without those two things, we're probably ranking this team in the thirties, maybe, maybe late twenties, but, still not as this high but that coaching bump really matters and I don't feel great about it but I'm still going to go under because this is a tough schedule you know they start the season Philly Miami New York Dallas could be four straight losses to start the season then you get somewhat of a break when you get New Orleans and Vegas then you get Buffalo and Miami again then you get another break with Washington Indy if you want to call the Giants a break fine and then you finish the season with the Chargers, Steelers, Chiefs, Broncos, Bills. I mean, that's that's rough, man. And I, like I said, they will probably be able to gut out some wins that they shouldn't be able to. You know, maybe they split with the Bills. Maybe they split with the Dolphins or something like that. Hell, maybe they beat the Chiefs at home. Uh, it, it could happen. But I just don't know if this offense is going to have enough on a week-to-week basis to be able to beat some of these teams in the NFL now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm going to rock with the under two. Um, I think, I mean, when's the last time that Bill Belichick only had seven wins, well, six wins? In I 2021, mean, in fairness, they did go seven and ten. Uh, oh, I don't know yes, if that was the Cam right. Newton year or that was, mm, no, because that I think they, it was made the, the Cam they made the, yeah, because they made the playoffs in Mac Jones' rookie year. So 
and they were nine and eight this year was a game and a half back or a half game back from the playoffs. They were still ninth though. Cause this, I think it was the Steelers dolphins and Patriots were all nine and eight. Um, and they were last of that group because mm-hmm. they lost to the bills in week 18, but still were right in it to the bitter end. I just, I don't know if that happens again. I don't know if they can replicate that. Yeah, I mean, this is this division used to be ran by the Patriots, and there was no other competition coming anytime soon. And now we look, uh, flash forward like five years, and now the Patriots are clearly the worst team in the division. And it, I don't see it changing anytime soon. So that's interesting. The, uh, I'll take the under for the Patriots this year. The crazy part um, about but, the crazy part about their season last year. Sorry to cut you off, but the, the crazy part about their season last no, year is. We remember the Patriots-Raiders game. If Jacoby Myers doesn't turn around and throw that ball back to Chandler Jones, they're 10-7 and seven and they're going to the playoffs. As like mm, poorly as we remember their right. season last year, they're one that not happening away from being in the playoffs and, you know, hell, maybe even clinching that playoff berth a week ahead. Uh, you know, they would have yeah. been 10-6 and six heading into the last week against Buffalo. Mm. Kind of, it's. I wonder how often Patriots fans think about Chandler Jones stiff arming. And it's crazy because Matt Jones through the earth. Jacoby Myers <laughs> now a Raider, and Chandler Jones is a former Patriot. So lots of pain going on there. Damn, dude. Oh, I wonder what that conversation was like between Jacoby and Chandler when they first got in the locker room for uh, OTAs. But we'll never know. All right. Let's dive into uh, the rankings, and let's start to wrap this up for the Patriots. Uh, overall, we have them at 23 uh, among Blitz Pod, as you can see. Uh, but offense, uh, we have them not looking as optimistic uh, at 31. Uh, but the defense, as we mentioned, uh, could carry this team to success this year. Uh, we've got them ranked 16th overall. And as far as the window goes, two to three years away for us. And I think that's well said. Like, I don't think that there's a wide range of outcomes for this team. Like, I don't think there's any weird stuff going on. Like, they're clearly in a rebuilding kind of session, and we'll see how it goes. But uh, you want to elaborate on the window? Yeah, and the the problem with this window and the fact that they aren't – like, we've had – we just had Carolina be one to two years away. We had some other teams be one to two years away or two years away. And now we're here with New England again at two to three. It's just because they can't commit to this rebuild thing. They're going to win seven games every year. They're going to win eight games every year. And it seems like Mac Jones is going to be the quarterback for a little bit, regardless of how he plays, unless he really tanks this team. And even if he's like one of the two worst quarterbacks in the NFL, are they really winning less than four or five games to be able to go get one of those top guys? Do we really think that Bill Belichick's going to go all in on a rookie quarterback, another rookie quarterback that isn't Mac Jones, and wait to develop him again? And quite frankly, that's why I think this championship window might be a little bit short because even if, let's say, and this isn't a best-case scenario, this isn't a worst-case scenario, but it's like in the middle, two to three years from now, they could be in it. If two to three years from now they are in it, is Bill Belichick hanging around? Like, how like they would have to be firmly in it for Bill Belichick to be hanging around two to three years from now. And if right before they're about to get in it, you know, maybe he doesn't see it or maybe they acquire a player after he's gone. 
how how good do you feel about this team if Bill Belichick's not coaching it? Even if this roster gets completely rebuilt and it's fantastic, maybe they're not as good as we've thought they have been. You know, we've always given the Patriots the benefit of the doubt, but if Bill Belichick's not there, that's gone for a lot of people. And I don't I don't know, man. The Patriots are really tough and the future is kind of grim to be honest with you. Like this might be their best chance at competing and every year that like we keep moving these rankings down every year and their best chance just keeps disappearing. Yeah. I mean, you I'm sorry for eating throughout this podcast go. everybody. If you're watching the YouTube, you know, I'm just uh eating some lunch. You know how it be. But yeah, I mean, we'll see. There also is a world where like this Patriots team is great after Bill Belichick exits and maybe the legacy of Bill Belichick is questioned because Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, that was a huge deal. And then we kind of got to see them separately, but there's a world where, you know, maybe it wasn't, I mean, obviously Bill Belichick is one of the best coaches of all time, but we'll see how it goes. You know, this, the future, the future is coming soon and the future is not with Bill Belichick. Uh, so we will slowly await his departure from New England, uh, but that's why we've got their window two year, two to three years away. So, all right, man. Well, I think that just about wraps us up. I'm trying to fucking finish eating here. I'm so sorry, everybody. Very unprofessional. But, uh, okay. All right, we're good now. That wraps us up for the 23rd ranked New England Patriots in this year's power rankings. Uh, looking forward to doing 22. I won't say any more about that because I don't want to spoil our next team, but I am very much looking forward to our next episode, and it should be some very rich debate, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, But appreciate you listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace!